once forged in the fires of PR and journalism, Curtis Dewar and Corey Westbrook united to create C-Squared. Now on our podcast, we interview musicians and other industry professionals to give you an inside look on how to take your music to the next level. Hello, everyone. You are listening to the C-Squared podcast with Corey and Curtis, hosted by Ghost Cult Magazine. We have an exciting guest for you today. We are here with James Weaver of Distorted Sound. He is here to drop some knowledge bombs on y'all. So we're very happy to have him here. So first, I just want to say thank you for joining us today. Oh, it's my pleasure. It's been, been looking forward to it all week, actually. Oh, well, that's awesome. <laughs> Most people don't look forward to talking to me. I'll just... <laughs> Um, but for the people who may not be familiar with what you do and what you've been working on, do you want to just give like a brief introduction of who you are, what you're about, and yeah, your sure. fun project of, that is Distorted Sound? Yeah, so uh, I am the founder and editor-in-chief of Distorted Sound magazine, which is a online-only website and monthly digital magazine. Uh, and alongside that, I freelance at Metal Hammer magazine. Cool. Can I follow up? Of course. I know you want to. I so, know you're already jonesing for the follow-up. I, I am jonesing for the follow-up. Okay. So how long have you been number one, James? Like, uh, can you kind of give a brief, brief, um, like, yeah. Like uh, so I've been writing about music for since 2012. Um, that started uh, when I was at college, just like writing reviews of bands because I was really into metal, like going to gigs was literally the only thing I sort of did. So I thought, yeah. oh, well, I don't write a review about it. Um, and then I ended up going to university, doing a journalism degree, specializing in music. And one of the major projects that we had to do in my final year was like, we had to create a professional looking print magazine. And, oh, that, no. was, and that was how Distorted Sound was born. So that first, very first issue was a university project. And at that point, I'd already been freelancing for a couple of other websites. I'd already gotten the door with Terrorizer magazine. Um, so I already had the contacts. So when that project finished, I had so much fun doing it. Because, I mean, for a university project, I got to speak to, like, Floor Jansen of Nightwish, uh, Ashmedi of Melakesh. I think Karak Angren were on the cover. So they were big-name bands rather than local bands around me. So I already had those contacts. I had a few friends as well that really liked it. So we went, you know what? Fuck it. Let's, let's see how this goes. And six years later, it just keeps growing. So it's really, really cool. Nice. So, okay, can you kind of go over then a brief overview of kind of like why you actually started the magazine then? Like, was like, what's the actual? <laughs> it's kind of a funny story, really, because like the idea sort of to carry it on. I went to like a day fest in Manchester, um, like in Paracon Fest. So it was like hardcore, metalcore, deathcore bands. And I was covering it for another website that I was freelancing for. And I thought, oh, this is great. This is so much fun but I want to do this myself. I actually want to run this. Nice. And then from there, because I said that to about five people, I woke up the next day a bit, bit foggy from all the beer that had been consumed the night before and went, oh, no, I said that thing, didn't I? Right, I've got, I've got to stick to my guns here. I've got to go on with this. Mm -hmm. uh, so I messaged the people and they're like, yeah, it sounds great, man. Let's do it. But the mate, to sort of give a more serious answer, I thought there was a gap in the market. I thought... There are loads of really cool blogs out there, but 
especially in the UK as well, there were so many upcoming bands coming through and it's like, why aren't they getting the big six page features in a magazine that looks professional? It might yeah. just be on the online, but we get that space. So now like six years later, when we've grown to the point where pretty much most bands we ask for, we can get time with, we mm-hmm. still make sure that like those bands that are breaking through, they will get that time and space. Like we've done stuff with like Venom Prison uh, who have been on the cover twice now, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, twice. Um, and they we first started covering them when they first broke through. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's been so many success stories as well when we've seen these bands grow and grow. And it's like, oh, that's so cool that we spoke to them on their like first EP. And yep. we've kind of been part of that journey as well and getting that reputation and that relationship with the bands as well. Like, because... At the end of the day, everyone who writes for me, they are the biggest music fans you will ever meet. They all do it purely out of passion. So when they find a band that they love, they connect to it. Because a lot of the writers that have sort of come and go, because it's been a bit of a revolving door. We've got core people that have been there since day one, but people come and go, people go on to new opportunities, people uh, give up writing, sadly, because as we all know, the money in journalism is pretty... uh, yeah, pretty, pretty non-existent to, uh, to... You, I always make the joke that uh, you can't even fold it because mm. it's right. not paper. It's not <laughs> yeah. enough to qualify for paper. <laughs> yeah, right. And these these people, like, we'll have some people, they'll have, like, small families. They'll have, like, a job, a mortgage, they'll, and they, they just can't give the time anymore. So they will come and go. And But it's really cool because some writers have gone on to really, really cool things, but they were with us prior. So I've always said when people want to get involved, I'm going, look, it'll look amazing on, on your portfolio if you've been here and you've been able to do these things. Like, I never thought we'd be able to cover like Download Festival as press, but we have. Um, and Bloodstock as well, which is a big metal festival here in the UK, that we've done that every year since we started. And that's, that's a really cool thing that a writer can do. Um, so I really it, like Bloodstock. They this is a side tangent, but they've started putting more of a focus on the up and coming artists too. And I really appreciate that about that particular. Festival. Oh, for sure. So, like, yeah. To sort of go into that tangent, they've always done that. Like they have an entire stage dedicated mm-hmm. to one side bands that win through like regional heat competitions. And then those bands will then like gravitate a couple of years later to the second stage and then the main mm-hmm. stage. And it's like, that is such a cool thing to do. I love that about Bloodstock. That's it. And that is kind of like the biggest pillar of Distorted Sound is like support the underground. As cool as the big name bands are and like I've managed to tick off some like bucket list bands to like speak to. There is nothing better than when you talk to like an upcoming band and you can tell they genuinely like really, really, really care about it. That we've gone out of our way to do that coverage, especially when COVID hit. Like, because mm-hmm. my deputy editor that I've, I have to shout out, she told me to shout her out because she is she deserves <laughs> it as well. Um, uh, when when COVID hit last year and touring just collapsed, she just did like social media takeovers on our socials to help shine a light on some of these upcoming bands that would have like had that exposure if touring was allowed. That's so awesome. it that's like the main thing as well why i wanted to start it's like a shine the light on these bands man there's so many cool bands coming up all the time but the bigger publications they they have targets they have like they have much more to lose if they took a risk on a band whereas we're online we don't like it's it's all purely like sort of all the money that like costs from ds we've started like breaking even but it's all put in by myself so the only person that loses is me. And 
that's kind of worth it if something we decide to go with doesn't really work. So I got a question for that, just just because you mentioned about the money aspect. So if if it's all it's all being self-funded by you, there's no you don't get any outside funding then or so it's we've got the patreon page now uh because we were with like an external publisher um that hosted the pdfs and people subscribed and got it that way but the uptake was really hit and miss because the sign up process that we found that people were complaining about going oh man like i've got to like make an account with this publisher and then give my credit card details and i can't be bothered doing that man so then when Patreon really started taking off and I saw so many other sort of projects that were sort of being funded that way, we made mm-hmm. the jump. And now uh, we launched Patreon two years ago, I think. Maybe a year, maybe two. No, two years ago we launched it. Um, the money we make now sustains the site. So I don't ever have to make, I don't have to any invest any money out of my own pocket now. Now that okay. the groundwork's been set and we've got that readership, it funds itself, and then hopefully, if we continue to grow like we have done, um, there's new options then to like sort of try and capitalize, maybe do some merch, do some special promotions, and stuff like that. Maybe even a print run, a limited print run that would be sick. So, okay, so just I don't know if I want to how, how I want to phrase this. So, are you guys also you guys also run ads? Do you not, or am I crazy? Yeah, we do have an ad program, uh, through Google. Uh, they like sort of contacted us and said, "Yeah, you're eligible for the ad program." Uh, okay. it's, te- it's tailored AdSense, ads, right? Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, so okay. we run AdSense. Um, what's really exciting, actually, we didn't really post about it because I just not had the time. But we, in the last two weeks, three weeks, we signed up to the Banting Town affiliate program. Um, oh, so, I love it! I love yeah, that. Yeah, so the, ta- the tailored ads, man, for all the songs for every post that drops on the site now, there is a tailored little Amazon music ad that takes you to that artist's like Amazon music streaming page. And we earn a little bit through that as well. Uh, but yeah, the ads, the ads on the Patreon, they pay for the site costs. Um, and hopefully we can then recoup some of that, invest it elsewhere, keep expanding. So, okay. So you guys, I'm just looking at your Patreon page right now. So your, your tiers aren't that high that you, that you request from people. So how are you able to kind of like keep the mag funded on the, on that low because you guys cost less than a magazine does i know um that was something i sort of worked out because like in the uk uh, so i'm gonna go off british money here uh yeah. the top tier magazines will cost maybe between five to eight pounds yeah. which but you get that physical you get the gifts you get all that yeah. sort of cool stuff you usually get a free cd yeah. with us being online it's a pdf and it's like right we're gonna have to lower it a little bit mm-hmm. um the biggest sort of boom we get with the patron and new subscribers is the little side issue we do. So the main mag um, is great uh, and brings in a couple of people, especially if the bands share it. And that's what we rely on. We rely on purely organic sharing. We don't really run any paid advertising. Uh, it's only been maybe two or three times we've ever done that. And I didn't really like the results. So everything, yeah. all traffic to social Patreon and the website is purely organic and referrals. Mm-hmm. Um, but when the new blood, which is a dedicated side issue that we launched last year, which is just dedicated to unsigned bands, um, that's quarterly that mm-hmm. booms new subscribers, but there's now enough money coming in that pays for the web domain costs, which is the biggest expense that we have. Interesting. Okay. Corey, you want to go to the next question? Oh, I actually just had a quick follow-up. Would you ever consider doing a print version 
like it, at it all? Is some, yeah, it's something I really, really want to do. Um, it's just, it's working out the cost of it because uh, I'm not really a businessman. Um, I'm pure, like my background is like, because I love bands and I wanted to set something up. So when it comes to finances and working out distribution, like it all goes over my head. So I need to sort of, I need to sort of talk to someone who knows how that shit works and how we can get mm -hmm. something that's profitable. But the way that we're at, we're coming up for the launch of issue 73 of the mag that drops next week. So maybe for the hundredth issue, we do a limited print run. That would be really cool. Yeah. I, I mean, like a hundred, yeah, the hundredth issue. issue, cover your whole history, have some cool band. That would be really cool. I was just curious. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, it is something I want to do. And I have looked at doing it myself, but like you wouldn't believe the costs if you want. Oh, no, I would. Yeah, it, it is. You're talking thousands. <laughs> And then you've got oh, to post yeah. that out yourself. And I do not have the time to keep going to the post office. Like, yeah, I've got some more mags. Yeah. I'm in charge of, so I, I have a day job and I'm in charge of ordering all of our printed materials, brochures, all that kind of crap. So I know how quickly it all adds up so fast, especially if you're doing a limited run and not like tens of thousands of prints. Oh yeah, for sure. So expensive. For sure. Um, but with all of the competition out there online with, you know, the big, metal sites and everything there's a lot of metal blogs out there how have you been able to get distorted sound to grow focusing mostly on like underground bands because i know at least from my experience everybody says they want more about underground bands but then as soon as you post about it they ignore it and go bitch about Corey taylor so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well I, I the best thing um especially in the uk like i'm in a facebook group uh with other uk music site owners uh mm -hmm. that that was set up by like one of them, uh, almost like a little support forum when we've got like issues or we're feeling a bit deflated because everyone's in the same boat. Mm -hmm. um, it's what I loved about festival season in the UK. Like you go to something like Download and in that press area, there is everyone that you may only see once a year, but it's like you just pick up from where you've left off. So the, here in the UK, there is competition. Sure, everyone wants their own traffic. Everyone wants to grow, but it's not, bit of competition if that makes sense that it is kind of a nice little network so most of our writers won't just write exclusively for us there will be a, maybe three or four other sites a lot of them will be at some of the bigger publications as well like some of our staff write for metal hammer alongside myself um the photographers um will be shooting for like five different publications at any one time and it's just kind of, there's almost like that little unwritten law. It's like, you don't really want to step on anyone's toes. But in terms of growing, like I don't, I, when I set it up, I never wanted to do clickbaity headlines. I know it drives traffic. I know that's how, like, if you post something about Corey Taylor, if you post something about like Fear Factory with everything that's going on with them, you know, you're going to get loads of traffic, but I don't really like that. So I see it as almost tabloid metal journalism yeah. where there isn't much substance and at the end of the day, like, it's about the music. I, mm -hmm. I couldn't really, if the story influences a record. So like, if there's been some like super deep story behind the making of an album, I don't know, like say there was like a band bust up or like they lost all their money or the studio burnt down and they had to regroup. That bleeds into the piece. But like, if there's some side shit going on, it's like, well, it's not really that important. It's about the music at the end of the day. That's kind of why we're here. That's why we care. If the music's good, then we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about like the singles that have dropped. We'll do a review. We'll do a feature. But in terms of like growth, it's just kind of been, it's been sustained. It's not been explosive. We'll have moments that really, really pick up. 
if a big band or an underground band with a dedicated community will share something, we'll get a floodload of traffic. So this week, the Devil Wears Prada dropped that new EP and they mm-hmm. shared it on their Facebook and we hit a daily record of like stats. Like it was wow. through the roof, just all on that one review. Loads of people liked it in the Facebook page, comments, shares, and it's going. But that's just by us tagging them in the review. And maybe their PR just went, hey guys, here's a new review, share it. Yeah. 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 So and that's that's such a powerful thing that you know bands when you're written about definitely share it on your pages and help support right. the, the publications that are writing about you. It's something that Curtis tells all of his clients, I tell it to mine. Always share your reviews and thank people because that publication will continue to support you if you're supporting them. It's a symbiotic oh, that, thing. That's it, 100 percent Like the, the top tier, like bands, like if you if it's a triple A band, like mm-hmm. the chances of them doing sharing it every single time are quite unlikely because you know everybody's talking about them. Mm-hmm. And even even like a huge band, they might not even share like the review from like Kerrang or Metal Hammer. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. but so but the ones that do, the the ones that I remember. So like I think it was yesterday, because I work a quite a demanding day job as well. So I get up at five in the morning and I'm back at six in the evening um because i'm working like i'm a paralegal in my day job so when i get home i have very limited time to do ds so i'll bash out a couple of news pieces i'll check the site i'll schedule some features i'll do some of my own writing that i'm working on and i did a piece i think that's like it was on a bank of fractal universe uh, oh we know fractal universe yeah yeah and just sharing the news the new single and they commented on it and tagged us and organically we got so many likes on that one post on facebook yep. and we you know how bad the facebook algorithm is right if if you don't pay for that advertising your posts won't get the views but because they commented on it so many of their fans started liking the post and then sharing the post and it was like oh right that that took them two seconds to do that and it means so much for us and then it makes going right i actually want to give them a feature i've checked the album it's pretty good we can definitely like have space for them that's awesome <laughs> That's one band that is really good with doing that. Same with Queensryche is usually pretty good with shouting out. Yeah, uh, they've always been great. Yeah. Um, so now let's move along for a second here. Let's talk about, so how did you start writing for, I guess, Terrorizer first and then Metal Hammer? Um, so when I was at uni, one of the sort of yeah. tasks that we had to do, um, we had to sort of reach out to like publications to try and get like our foot in the door there. And it was like one of those, sort of bullshit modules at uni where it's like oh yeah just write to the guardian newspaper and see if you can get in it's like they're not they're not going to take a student man like they've got a pool of freelancers like so i shot like emails out to everyone like there was i shot an email to decibel uh metal hammer kerrang just to show my tutor went look i've tried mm-hmm. they replied they replied great mm-hmm. terrorizer was a how did i get in with them I, ch- I think I shot a random email to their album review editor saying like, hey, uh, I'm at uni, I'm really into metal. Um, I've actually got an interview with the Polish band Hate about their tour that I just did for fun. Do you want mm-hmm. it? And he went, oh, yeah, sweet, man. Like, we'll post this on, on the site. And then about a year later, I emailed them again saying, right, uh, I'm about to graduate. I'd really love to get in the, my foot in the door with Terrorizer. Um, his examples of my work have been published here. I'm actually going to Finland in 2015 on an assignment, I, uh, but they've not asked for a review of the festival. Do you want that? And they kind of went, yeah, okay, you're in. And then no. did a few little pieces. Uh, the first one I did was 
with Mark Tremonti about uh, his solo project because it was more fitted for Terrorizer's readership because we did like a playlist piece where because he really likes his thrash like really old school thrashy death metal so we just said like what albums he really liked from that but he was like on a train going to Chicago or something really mm-hmm. like difficult interview to do because of the signal kept dropping but yep. from there then I got onto pieces and pieces but then Terrorizer died and that sort of dried up so uh- that, that kind of sucked before before we talk about terrorizer dying, um, how did you get into Hammer too? Is the same thing. again? It was the same sort of thing. I'd sent a couple of emails, never really heard. But then as DS started growing and we started bringing in writers, we had some writers on the team that were already at Hammer, oh, and nice. I was chatting to them and saying like, "Look, I, w- I want to get my foot in the door with them. Um, yeah. What's their contact email?" They went, "Oh, just." Uh, and I said, "Do you mind if I can say that you passed me their contact email?" They were like, "Yeah, go for it," mm-hmm. and then. By chance, like sent an email and their editor Merlin got back to me and said, Hey, this is cool, we'll do a trial run. Did the trial piece that ended up in an issue. And then since then, as and when I'm required, I do pieces for them. Uh, again, it's been kind of hard to freelance with the day job and everything. It kind of takes up most of my time because when I get mm-hmm. home, it's like I'll do a bit of DS, then just sort of fall asleep, do it again the next day. But again done some really cool things for them like doing stuff without the gates was probably a career highlight because i absolutely worship that band that's amazing Corey, did you have a follow-up before we move before i ask one Mm -mm. no go for it okay um so does that ever okay so does it ever conflict your side writing with metal hand like your side writing with metal metal hammer does that ever conflict with distorted sound and if so how do you kind of handle that um luckily it's never really influenced it too much uh, so, for example, there'll be two examples I'll give where there was a conflict of interest and one that I managed to sort of sidestep. So the sidestepping one was the albums of the year. Uh, so around October time is when they usually start getting that ready because they, they yeah. work. And the way we kind of work with DS, because I sort of in, implemented it as well, is we're always working a couple of months in advance, especially with them being print. Yeah. So when that album of the year list starts getting ready, the albums I submit to Metal Hammer for that album of the year list will be identical to what I put for Distorted Sound. Because yep. why would I have two different lists? Because then people will question my integrity if you're going, well, you've said this was number one here, yep. but it's different here. The yep. one where it was a conflict of interest was a couple of years ago when Opeth dropped the uh, Live at Red Rocks live record. Um, I'd already spoke to a member of that band um, for Distorted Sound. Then Hammer got in touch saying, hey, do you want to speak to Mikhail like, mm-hmm. for a piece for us? And I was like, oh, shit, I've already kind of done it for my other site. He went, oh, who did you speak to? He went, oh, the other guitarist. He went, oh, it's fine. You can mm-hmm. speak to Mikhail. No conflict of interest here. Um, and then when it comes to the writers that are kind of like juggling, I kind of say, like, look, unwritten rule, if you're reviewing a record for another site, don't review it for us. We'll find someone else. They'd expect the same mm-hmm. because what you might say for me might be completely different to what you say to them and then it brings your integrity into question it brings our integrity into question and it brings their integrity into question and as long as you sort of balance it that way and with the photographers especially if they're like saying oh um two publications have asked me to shoot the same gig i say why right take a couple of photos for me take a couple for them as long as there's no identical images it's fine and we'll have that almost gentleman's agreement between publications to be like, yeah, 
it's it's fine you know we're all here for the same reason no one's stepping on each other's toes it's all good that's kind of interesting because i have seen it where the where the same writer has done the list for two different publications and it will be different because the the sites don't want them to be the same you know like, the fuck is the matter with you like it doesn't make sense. it doesn't really matter at the end of the day the only reason I could see having two different lists from the same writer is if there is a genre difference between the two different publications. Oh, yeah. Like if you're writing oh, for yeah, one yeah. that's like like Metal Injection, which has a lot more mainstream and, and things like that, it's a lot lot more variety for one publication. And then you're fo- writing for one that's solely on black metal. So it's the top 10 black metal albums or whatever. That I could see making sense if there's some yeah. sort of a, or like uh, the- a metal publication and a punk publication. Yeah, that's it, right? So, like, Metal Hammer are, you know, they cover pretty much everything that falls under the bracket of metal. But with us, we do cover a lot of, like, pop rock, pop punk, alt rock, punk, um, some indie stuff as well, as and when it's applicable, if I think, oh, yeah, our readers would kind of like that. So Mm -hmm. there will be that element. And if a writer's saying, oh, well, Metal Hammer's asked me for my sort of metal albums, go, well, you can give me a, a slightly different list, as long as if there's a crossover, those bands are kind of in the same place. Mm-hmm. If they're one place below, if it say it's a top 20, and bands in Hammer, say it's a Code Orange, right? Mm-hmm. Say Code Orange for them is like number five for Hammer, but then it's number six for us, that's fine. Like, mm-hmm. it's more or less in the similar sort of position. The only yeah. time as well when my list has sort of changed is the if Metal Hammer haven't covered a band and it's not on that uh, on the list to submit for your end of year coverage, so like Shadow of Intent, uh, the last record they did wasn't on that list, but I fucking loved that album. And that was like my overall personal number two of the year. So I was like, well, it's going on with the S list, but because Hammer yeah. didn't cover it and they've not said we can include it, that can get put on mine. Because, mm-hmm. But again, it's they're very fine margins. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's move on to Corey. Actually, do you want to ask anything, Corey, before we move on to Terrorizer? Oh, no, no, no. I, I had my follow up. That was it. Just, cool. yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about Terrorizer for a second. So are you willing to talk? About, so since you're willing there's, to talk about. <laughs> there's a few things I won't go into detail oh, out of what respect. I, but... Yeah, no, that's fine. I'm not gonna <laughs> get... uh, but how much were you guys given any notice before it, before it closed down? Because I've been given different versions nothing it just was like we're done it 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 just sort of disappeared man like it went from because i wasn't freelancing a lot for them when i first joined i was doing probably a good few pieces like every month and this was 2015 so that's six years ago yeah yeah. and at that point as well uh, so like metal hammer and kerrang rock sound the big sort of three the top you could walk into any supermarket in the country and you they would be on the shelf. Yep. But Terrorizer was more specialist. So yep. if you walked into a Tesco, which is like our biggest supermarket in the UK. Mm-hmm. I actually know be... what that is, even though I'm American. <laughs> I actually know what a Tesco is. <laughs> there's, there's a fucking Tesco like on every street corner in the UK. Oh. But like their magazine section, if there was a Terrorizer there, you'd be like, holy shit, Tesco have got it. Other than that, you'd have to go to like a WH Smith, which is like, they will have much more magazines on offer. And that yep. would be where you got it. So oh. in twenty in 2015, like, or if you were subscribed to them and they posted it out to you, that would be sort of the main way people got it. Oh, okay. Um, sure. So 
when I joined, I was doing quite a lot, both on the review side and feature side. And looking back on it, like some of my favorite interviews I've ever done were for Terrorizer. Nice. So like on a little sort of tangent, like getting to talk to Big Destroyer about how they made Prowler in the Yard for an anniversary special was so fucking sick. Nice. Like the fact that they had no money, so they made a vocal booth out of sofa cushions and they just yelled into it to record the vocals. Mm-hmm. Or like doing a entire discography on Sepultura with Mats Cavalera and Andreas Kisser on two separate interviews was so sick to do. And at that point, I hadn't really done many huge profile interviews. So getting to do that made me so much more confident for where I am now. Mm-hmm. But when things started going wrong, it just stopped, man. Like, yeah. both on the sense of getting financial reward for your work, let's say, and for getting new pitches. And the saddest thing about it was that the editorial team were just as much in the dark as we were. Yeah. From, I what, told- I un- from what I understand, anyway. <laughs> well- no, that sounds right because I the because uh, I remember I had I had asked a question about. Uh... Oh dear. Um... Uh oh. Oh. Well, looks like I'm taking over because we just <laughs> lost Curtis. Um, oh maybe we'll loop back around, but no, that's extremely sad that oh, everybody was kept in the. Oh, there he's he's coming back. He's coming back, but it is extremely sad that everybody was kept in the dark that way. Yeah, it was. the The worst thing about it was was that like everyone. There was a sense of solidarity between the writers. Everyone sort of was in the same boat. Even the people that I didn't speak to on a daily basis, I sort of felt, I was like, oh, man, but they're in the same position as me. And especially when it tried its comeback and we thought maybe things were getting better again. I remember that. They started bringing new writers as well. Like a, a close friend of mine who also writes for me, like she was absolutely ecstatic to get in with Terrorizer. She'd grown up reading that mag. And then she did like one review that never ever saw print because after that comeback issue, they just never printed again and it, it just disappeared again. Um, one one last question on it since some a, a phone call came through while we were doing this for some reason. I thought my I thought it ah, said right. it, and I got kicked out. Um, one one last thing I just wanted to ask about it. So, have you heard? Have you guys heard anything else since that last? issue or it's just been it's it's just disappeared um the dude uh in charge of the reviews he's gone sort of elsewhere um yeah i knew that the main the main guy that i sort of reported to when i was doing the bulk of writing he has gone on to i think he leads another publication now uh, and he does a bit of pr as well um which was really uh on a little like side note like a couple years ago uh, i was in london for like a behemoth launch party for the new album Mm-hmm. Um, and I just went out for a cigarette and like, I was just ended up chatting to this guy and I said, Oh, what's your name, mate? And he's, and it turned out he was the guy I was reporting to. And it was the first time I was meeting him all these That's- years later after terrorized had collapsed, we both right. moved on. And it was like, Oh man, like kind of shit what happened, but so good to actually finally meet the guy. A little too late. Um- yeah. A little too late. Yeah. <laughs> So for our final thing, because we, we've already been 40 minutes, so we've got we to get on to the last question. So we're going to talk a little bit about pitching. Can you kind of cool, go over yeah. pet peeves uh, for pitching that you get from people? I have many. And uh, I will say- <laughs> this will devolve into like a three-hour bitch fest between me and you. <laughs> um, I think, right, the main one I want is 
just tell me what you tell me what you want out when you pitch me <laughs> like for fuck's sake like and have all the assets i need to build whatever piece you want me to do if it's a news piece that you've just dropped a single have a nice high res image not that's like below 100 kilobytes because that will look like shit on the site and on facebook James is angry. This is like, so, no, I, I mean, I, I do something similar to what you do. And it's like, it's the worst when somebody's like, Hey, do you want to cover my single? And they don't include an image. They don't even include a link to the single. And they're just like, Hey, message me back. If you want to cover my single. And it's like, how do I know? <laughs> the, the other huge one for me as well, because like the way we've grown in six years, like I said before, was pure organic growth. And that is thanks to like the SEO programs we're running. And we have word counts to hit. If you don't give me a fucking quote about your album or your song, and I have to follow up with you, I'm not going to really cover it because why should I go out my way to cover something that you couldn't have put in an email? It's so, fr- the quotes, okay. I actually had this happen the other day where I asked a band, for a quote and they were like nope i have nothing i want to say i have nothing i want to add that is literally what they said to me nothing more to add and i'm like what the fuck how can you not talk about your own song that's it right pr too the band will do that to the pr i don't know how many times i've had it where the band refused (laughs) a fucking quote and i have to go back and say to the say to the person the band will not give a quote i want to point out if that happens with me it is not my fault Oh no, no, yeah, no. I was like talking directly to the band, and I'm like, "Hey, I need a, I need a quote," and they just that was their response was, "I have nothing else I want to say," and I'm like, "Well, you didn't say anything." And I'm some bands, and some bands as well, like artistically, will not like give quotes if they're like some super like underground black metal band that like no one knows who they are, they don't do interviews, there's no promo photos, but there is that audience. Like Revenge is like the biggest example I can think of. You know, yeah. there's no interviews uh there's no like promo photos and it's like well okay yeah but you know they are big enough to sort of we can let that one slide but if you're especially if you are an independent band looking to get exposure just in just give me a brief bio brief bio of who you are what you sound like what sort of genre you sort of fit in what you've got coming is it an album is it a music video are you going on tour give me some links to your socials just tell me what the fuck you want me to do and the worst right the the other worst one i hate it's my biggest pet peeve is people who pitch me shit after it's released like who've sent me a record from like 2019 and we're like in june 2020 it's like why am i going to cover this like it is the worst and they'll put a little line going if you've got the time it's like mate i don't (laughs) i'm working on september's albums in june mate like no just please don't do that or last last little rant little pet peeve as well is the ones that like you can tell they don't really know how to network so they (laughs) think effective pr and pitching if it it can be a band and some prs do it as well Mm -hmm. in the like two section of an email they will list like 300 publications they won't bcc and it's like if i have to spend 20 seconds scrolling just to get to what your email is Nah, mm-hmm. it's an instant delete. I won't even read it. I don't have time. That's but, hilarious. Yeah, but, I see the no oh. BCC. Do you ever get the one where it's um, like, we're such and such band or a thrash band from Minnesota. If you're interested in covering us, please email us back. 
and that's all they include. Do you get those? Yeah. Because I get those all the time and I want to punch the people that send them to me. Yeah, I get that. I also get the people that like, they'll have like a hundred mutual friends and send me a friend request on Facebook and I'll just look at their profile and go, I know what they're going to do. I'm not accepting exactly. that. Yep. My email I don't accept is on anybody my website. on Facebook. Like, nope. James, I have a question. I have a question. Yeah, go. So, um, um, this is probably one of our final questions since we're already at 40 minute mark. But <laughs> has anybody ever tried to bribe you for a review or a feature just out of curiosity? Because people have tried to bribe Corey. So I'm just curious if you've ever gotten the bribe, bribe question. Oh, have I ever had a bribe? Attempted bribe. I, yeah. Yeah, Attempted yeah. bribe. I've never accepted a bribe. <laughs> no, <laughs> um, uh, no, I don't, I don't think so. Um, yeah, I, we've had, I've had people, a few. We've had a few people get a bit arsy why we've not covered their band. Like, people that should know better as well that will be like, oh, you've not covered like any of our music for like three months and we've been emailing you. It's like, yeah, but mate, you, your pitching's all wrong, man. If you're spamming me every day saying, hey, just checking in on this, but we don't have that relationship. And you're also, you've got to be conscious of the times you email as well. So mm-hmm. like, if if there's a time zone difference, I can sort of let that one slide. Like, mm-hmm. no one can like sort of help the fact that I'm in the UK, people might be in the States or Australia. And mm-hmm. if the email is well-constructed and the pitch is great, I will take the time to read it. Like I went out of my way to thank a band that sent me a pitch. They were saying like, oh, we've got a music video dropping in two weeks. And in the email, they said, hey, we've been a fan of your mag for a while. Here's some like reviews and features we've really liked. Uh, anyway, we're this band. We hail from this part of the UK. We sound like these. We've got a new music video dropping. Here's the pre-order link to the EP. Here's our Facebook, Twitter, Insta. Attached is a high-res promo photo. But if you want more, our full EP, EPK is here. And it's like, I, I went out of my way going, that's the most professional unsigned pitch I've had for a very long time. So to be honest, yeah, you've got a piece. I will write this <laughs> up. We'll do something later down the line. I got that's one fun. like that from somebody who I could tell English wasn't their first language, but I could also tell they put a lot of effort into it. And I, yeah, they were- It, it makes the world a difference, like, yep, right? I will cover you. It makes the absolute world a difference. If you just- put a bit of time rather than I don't like the the scattergun approach going I will fling my shit at 500 people and if two people pick it up that's a success it's like nah tailor it man also like we've had really weird shit like where someone has clearly not done their homework and sent me like an R&B single and it's going mate we're like we're a rock and metal publication you've clearly gone on every music publication that's available and gone I'll just send it here this will be fine Mm-hmm. I get those too, and I literally work for Metal Injection, and it's like I right? get indie <laughs> pop and R and B, and I'm just like, Metal is in the name, people. That's it, and like you will go so much further if you're an unsigned band or like you're just starting PR. If you put that little bit of care into your pitches, mm-hmm. people will remember because I think, despite how big metal is as a scene. Like in terms of the writers and the PRs, it's, it's a very, so very small world. So mm-hmm. if if you're shit, people will know. If you're an asshole, people will know. Mm-hmm. So that's another thing, especially with COVID, is like people have been struggling since March last year. People don't have the time. People are mentally exhausted. Yep. So having that care and that professionalism and being friendly will take you leaps and bounds 
if you're a PR, it, it'll be for your bands. If you're an unsigned band, it'll be for your own music. Just yep. take the time to be kind and you'll read you'll you'll read the rewards, man. Like every band that like thanks us, every PR that thanks us, it's like, yeah, I I remember that. Like, and I will work with you more. Mm-hmm. Yep, totally. So what else do we want to cover, Corey? Oh, I mean, I think that's a lot for now. Um, and we definitely, at least we didn't devolve into bitching as much as I thought we might, because oh, there's mate. definitely a lot of pet peeves. We did not have enough time. <laughs> Otherwise, I would have carried on with the bitching. Uh, we we can schedule another time. We can, ske- we, we can definitely schedule another time. I'm more than up for that. Oh, yeah. We definitely sure. want to have you back. This has been great. Okay, any, do you have any final words, James? Any, anything you want to plug, uh, especially the mag nudge nudge wink wink? <laughs> yeah, for sure. So uh, you can go on patreon.com forward slash distorted sound magazine. Uh, we have loads of different tiers and we do have some really cool shit coming um, in the next issue, which drops next week. Um, and I will, I'll say what it is. We are doing uh, launching a new area of the site called Brutal Recall, where we're taking classic death metal albums and talking to those bands, and our debut piece nice. is with Oh, that's, all, that's fun. I like yeah, that. It, it, it's so Brutal exciting. Uh, you can also hit up our site, distortedsoundmag.com, uh, where all our content goes. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Same handle, Distorted Sounds Magazine. And yeah, enjoy the mag, enjoy what we do, and hopefully support us. Cool. Well, to end, I'm going to take party on, Corey. Party on, Curtis. Party on, James. Party on. If you enjoyed this podcast, please help spread the word by leaving us a five-star review on your platform of choice. You can also join the conversation by following us on any social media and suggesting guests or topics you'd like to learn more about. Thanks for listening to C-Squared.